I was scared, like everything, every emotion you can think of there. But as soon as you walk out listening to your music and you see your fans cheering for you, something snaps and you're ready to fucking go. This is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that Gosh, man, that was, was a moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. journey to a better you starts right now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you for tuning in this week. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. On this episode, I am joined by Josh Ugaldi, an amateur MMA fighter as well as a former collegiate wrestler at the University of Maryland. I've been a UFC fan for a while now, but I have never talked to anybody who's been inside of a cage to fight another human being. So I was super excited for this conversation. Josh is climbing up the ranks as an amateur and hopefully going to have a long, successful pro career. So I'm glad I got to talk to him at this point of of his journey, and I hope you guys enjoy it. As I was getting ready for this, I have a lot of weightlifters on the podcast. Are you familiar with Olympic weightlifting at all? Um, like not too much. Like in terms of like competitors and competition, no, not really. Okay, so so I compete in weightlifting. It's it's two two lifts: the snatch and clean and jerk. And I was thinking. It's very different from fighting, but it's also very similar because a lot of times you're training for three to six months for one competition and you get three lifts of the snatch, three lifts of the clean and jerk on stage. And you you kind of have your own corner. You have the people who help load the weights and you have your coach there. But once you're out on the platform, it's kind of all on you. And I feel like fighting's very similar to that. Like you get locked in that octagon and it's just like it's it's you versus the opponent. And for weightlifting, it's just you versus the bar. Yeah, a hundred percent. I could definitely see the similarities, even with like the weight cut and all that, like the nutrition that goes into it. Very similar. Yeah, a hundred percent. I can definitely agree with that. Yeah, it's like the it's the discipline. All the damage you're doing to your body as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think uh, getting punched in the face definitely adds a little bit to that weightlifting. You're you're not worried about somebody else throwing strikes at you. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I feel like that. I don't know. I have uh, I have my own opinions about weightlifting and stuff about that. I feel like uh, I've been following this guy named Nadia Aguilar. He's a uh, CEO of this this I guess organization company called Functional Patterns. I, I get into I I've gone into it a little bit. It's like really interesting stuff. You have to like do uh, you have to do your own research from like get a really good like grasp of it. But basically, it like revolves around like movements. Fun, like that are in functionality with everyday movements and stuff I, I don't know you you'd have to look it up but yeah like after this like definitely look into it. it's pretty interesting stuff and basically they go against like your like your everyday typical like fitness guru uh like weightlifting you know guy like it's like completely different from like what you've seen definitely check it out yeah, it's, I mean I guess martial arts is the same way like you you're not gonna fight when you're 60 years old like the sport, the sport versus what you should actually be doing is is pretty different. Yeah, it's all de- degenerative. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think like the healthiest things are are probably not what people at the highest level are doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, cool, man. I just love to get started a little bit with your background and kind of how you got to got to where you are now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew up in a small town in New Jersey called uh, Middlesex, New Jersey. Um, 
crazy kid, I guess. Two kids. My parents are two immigrants. My dad is from Costa Rica. My mom is from Colombia. Kind of met here a little bit young, had me a little bit young. So not the best start, uh, you know, to your lives in the States. But, uh, you know, we ended up doing all right. Uh, I ended up transferring to a school, actually, the, the town over called Boundbrook, New Jersey, around like seventh grade. So that's where I spent most of my time. But I got into wrestling at a very young age and really from like all I remember from from all I remember from back in those days is just really going to freaking wrestling practice every single day. Like school is school, but I was always just focused on wrestling the season or even the off season getting better and trying to create opportunity for myself. And I think that, that that's why I ended up coming over to this this fall this town over because they had a pretty good history of sending kids to uh, colleges on scholarships. They've had guys like Andrew Flanagan, who was my coach in high school. He was a he went to Harvard, wrestled there for four years. Andrew Campletano, four time state champ, ended up at Ohio State and Rutgers wrestling there. Nick Murray, Virginia Tech, uh, a handful of guys. Uh, but anyway, that's like a plan that I had set for myself at a very young age, like seventh, eighth grade year, transferred over in the hopes to go to this uh, school, find success, and eventually end up at a top institution like uh, like these other guys. So, yeah, I ended up going to high school at Boundbrook. Had, I saw some success, was a three-time state place winner, two-time state finalist. Uh, top, I ended up top 10 in the country in my respective weight class, uh, graduating in my senior senior year. Ended up getting a scholarship to the University of Maryland, where I served five years on the team, four-year starter, and graduated in uh, the 2020 quarantine year. And now, <laughs> now I'm fighting in an octagon. Did you do uh, any other sports, like team sports, when you were growing up? Baseball, soccer, football, anything like that? Or just wrestling? Yeah, I did soccer as like a young kid, and I did a little bit of Pop Warner football, but I hurt my knee one year, and then after that, I think it was like my sixth grade year. Uh, and after that, my dad cut it right away. He's like, nope, we're focusing on wrestling. No more football, dude. You're not going to be – you're you're a short Hispanic dude. You're not going to go <laughs> – you're only going to go so far in this sport. <laughs> Were you doing stuff like weight cuts and, and uh, intense workouts at a young age? I know like the kids who I saw on the wrestling team in high school and stuff like they were already eating ice cubes for lunch and, you know, just always doing that weird stuff that most people don't have to do, especially from a really young age. Yeah, so dumb. We were so dumb. High school, we were so dumb in high school. We would wear trash bags, like eat nothing all all day and expect to like make weight yeah and we did but we like you know you felt like garbage compared to when you do know what you're actually doing like it's crazy to look back on but i wasn't doing too like too heavy weight cuts i think the bit i only did one big weight cut in high school and it was my i think going into my senior year i cut around 20 pounds like a 20 like a 20 pound weight cut um but that's because i was chasing the guy that was ranked ahead of me at this tournament called the Super 32 National Tournament. Um, regardless, I didn't really cut too much weight, but when I did, it wasn't the right way. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's just, it's probably something that's not good. And especially you see these, these like UFC fighters now, like cutting 20, 30 pounds. And it's like, oh my God, that can't be good, you know, 10, 15 years from now. Yeah. Well, not only that, it's like sports are evolving. We're only getting smarter. So like these young kids are like having access to like this knowledge, like opposed to when we were, you know, we didn't really have like you probably had like the elite athletes who probably had like access to this kind of information or nutritionists or whatever the case may be. Now it's everywhere. You know, like it's it, 
this every sport's evolving in every single way so it, and in that way like kids are going to get better the sport's going to get better that and that involves nutrition that involves training that involves all of it you know did you guys have that at maryland did you have like a nutritionist and strength and conditioning coach yeah yeah we had a strength and conditioning coach we i actually had a i had a good strength and conditioning coach in high school too that i didn't take as as much advantage as i should have but yeah we had a strength conditioning program at college and we had a nutritionist all the resources at university of maryland it was awesome yeah everything you needed they they provided in any which way so at what point did uh did fighting become on your radar so i mean i was always a fan of like the U like mma like ufc but like it was like casual it was like i didn't know much like i, I just followed like the big stars and once I got to college, well, I've, I've always, yeah, I was always watching. And then I started jujitsu, I think, in high school. I think about my senior year of high school, right before, like, I went off to Maryland. And I was, and I was obsessed with it. I fell in love with it, like, uh, immediately. And and I, and I obviously, I, I caught on quick because of my wrestling background. And it helped. <laughs> I'd say that helps in jujitsu. But, um, yeah, I just fell in love with it quick. And any time that I get to, I got to go home for a break which was rare i was i was in the i was in the jiu-jitsu gym rolling doing rolls whatever um and then my senior year of college i decided that let me like let me try to like take this a little bit more serious i spent like a whole summer at home just training jiu-jitsu in the hopes to uh compete at the pan ams the ibjf pan ams and i i set a goal that at the beginning of that summer i think they're in august like, like late august right like late august like the middle of September they're in like the middle of September and I I had yeah because I had to come back from school I had made it I had made a goal earlier that summer that I wanted to win the blue belt Pan Ams so I spent that whole summer just training for those Pan Ams I ended up going there in New York and I ended up winning it was my first jiu-jitsu competition um and ever since then I just got I was like man like this stuff I think I'm made for this like this is like this like free form of like expression is like definitely for me. Like this is what I need to do. And then like, I, you know, I, I continued the, the, the rest of my senior year, finished it off. I got back because of quarantine, we had to come home. So everything was cut short. Right. So I came home with nothing to do. Can't go out. Can't do anything. There's, you know, I'm I, like, I graduated from my laptop right here. You know, <laughs> uh, I, job search i did like one or two things I, I ended up actually taking a pretty good i ended up with a really good job um as a corporate recruiter for a little while um i ended up working there for a couple months like post-graduation and then um i took my first fight and i i remember being about like maybe eight nine weeks out and then i was at i was i was i was just kind of like thinking to myself because I, I fucking sorry excuse me i like, drive all day i'm on the state trying to like you know get get good training and get to my gym whatever it is and i'm just thinking in my car i'm like man like if i could just put in a, like some more hours into this how much better would i get and like why i know what it takes to get good i know what it takes to be i know what it takes to get at, at the high level of a sport i know what it takes you need to put in work and i don't feel like i'm putting in enough work to be at the level that i want to be at so i ended up quitting my corporate my corporate business job and just started taking training full time and about six like those last six weeks of that training camp i've made crazy jumps like 
Like those, the, le the levels that I jumped, I don't think I would have done that with a nine to five job. You know, I'm so limited to half of the day. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's where I am. <laughs> Was there a point where your wrestling coach, like is jujitsu and wrestling, are they in conflict with each other? Can you do both at the same time at a high level you think, or was there, you know, always in the back of your mind, like, I want to do jujitsu, but I have to do wrestling? Wrestling holds a special place in my, like, life. So, like, when it was wrestling season, it was wrestling season. Uh, but any time that I got the chance to roll and do jujitsu, then I, I was doing it. I was doing it. I haven't, so since I jumped into MMA so early, like, right after, like, basically right after graduation i didn't have the time to do all these competitions like that i would have liked i'm still i probably will do more competitions like fight to wins all those i want to get more super matches in for sure um but right now i'm kind of just focused on mma so i'll eventually get to those i'll eventually get to those but once it was wrestling season it was wrestling season i i, I was kind of focused on there yeah i could see it like i just got into jujitsu this month so so it's definitely been uh been a fun journey but <laughs> Like I've an athletic background in baseball and weightlifting, obviously, but some of the being on the mat, I the first week I was the most sore I've ever been in my life, oh, and right. then just being in those in those positions like on your back and stuff, I'm like, hey, when I watch UFC fights, it looks like so easy, and you're just like, oh, look how they get up this way, and I'm like, I can't fucking move, like I can't do anything in this position, so it's it's definitely been humbling, and I I see how easy it could be to get addicted to that like right away as soon as you start rolling yeah definitely man definitely isn't it's such a good environment if you're at the right gym like everyone's so friendly welcoming like there's nothing there's nothing not to like you know yeah what i've noticed is like the the higher level belts and the people who are the most experienced are the ones who are the most helpful they're the people who will come over to you and show you how to do this and walk you through it really slow and you know take it easy on you too yeah, the killers in the gym are typically the nicest ones because <laughs> they know they what they could do to you, but they're willing to help you and teach you the gentle art of strangulation. <laughs> Is there like a difference in training when when you're you know starting to take this more seriously? When it's like, hey, I got a fight coming up. Are you you know picking who you're rolling with and practice is a little bit more dedicated? Yeah, I mean, I definitely say so. I mean, I like you know. I'm always training though. I'm always training. I'm always staying active. I, I want to, I want to stay ready. I want to be ready for anything and everything. Uh, but yeah, that being said, uh, when fight camp is in fight camp, it's, it's, I don't know how to really explain that, but like, it's like to the point, like everything's there's intent, there's purpose with everything. Um, uh, yeah, it's as simple as it is. You know, there's no, I don't drink much, but there's absolutely no drinking, no, you know, no, no nonsense. Every day is with purpose. Every day I have one goal. I have one goal in mind. It's a process. You know, I, every day is leading up to that day. Every day I need to get 1% better leading up to that day. So, yeah. Yeah. Kind of just walk us through what that's like, you know, how, how, um, how early do you find out when you're going to be fighting? I mean, so I've, I've only done two fights so far. So both of them, I've probably had like I want to say at least five weeks for both. Yeah, so just just walk us through like what that, you know, you got 30, you know, 45 days where you're just thinking about 
10 minutes in the octagon or six minutes, I think is the amateur. So it's a short yeah. amount of time for, for five, six weeks, seven weeks to be focused on one thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these past two fights, it, the first like week or two, it's like, okay, like I'm doing this, like anxiety, uh, time to like shock myself, you know, like I need to like, like, let's start, like, like let's start to mentally prepare that's when you're kind of that's when i'm at least like thinking the most and then once i get into that second third week where I've, like i've established my fight camp and my mental state and my physical state and my diet and i've addressed everything and i'm getting into like that mode then it's it's kind of like in the back of my mind always but i i try to stay clear-minded i try not to think about it too much um because then that can you know that that's just emotionally draining and i think that's something that that uh i that i failed with with wrestling and didn't find out i found out too late that i i would spend too much emotion and energy on on just thinking about wrestling and you know visualizing trying and it was just on my mind way too much so i think i found out about that i found out how to cope with that post-college a little bit so now i i definitely think about it with those first couple weeks and then that mid chunk right about the right about the middle like that second third week leading up to that whatever let's say it's a six-week camp that five five six weeks i'm like um, i'm just focused on my training um, i'm just focusing on putting 100 percent effort in the time that i'm in the gym and then finally that fight week you know that's like the most relaxing week you know you, the, the work is done you did everything that you needed to do you just need to make weight get your mind right and get ready to put on a show yeah it's like that that taper time that's the same thing that it's like in weightlifting you have like you have the peak and then you kind of taper down and then hopefully you pray that on that day you're at your best. Yeah. No, it's a fun process too because my past two fights I've done it with the Gracie team, the guys that I have I train at Gracie New Jersey Academy. That's where I fight out of with Mickey Gall, Jay Raboli, um Brett, uh Alex, Elliot, Russ. I I want to name them all Leo. Uh all those guys you know like all those guys and and we we think we we had i think i had we had like five or six on my five on my first fight six i think on the second one in the second fight we went like five six six to no on the night with our team so and you know there's a difference when you're doing this with a group of guys and you're suffering by your by your you're suffering side by side opposed to you being on your own with your coach you know like not with a team you know it, it adds adds morale adds energy to your fight camp like you 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 build off each other especially seeing them freaking win and get knockouts right before i'm up you know that's only going to make me more excited you know so it's good it's good to be alongside my brothers in battle for sure yeah are you are you watching people fight before you go out there are you a person who kind of keeps to yourself in the back my last fight, I tried to poke my head out a little bit more than the first one because the first one I was freaking out. I, dude, you're in the back there, you feel every single emotion. I, dude, I could have cried. I was, I was the most confident person in the freaking arena. I was scared. Like, everything, every emotion you can think of there. But as soon as you walk out, listening to your music, and you see your fans cheering for you, something snaps, and you're ready to fucking go. You know, uh, but uh, yeah, man, yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a journey. Fight camp is a fucking learning process. Every fight, every fight camp is a journey. You, you learn something. You, you get better. Like, it's it's good. It's good. It's a good experience. Yeah, I can imagine. And 
if you have never competed at anything, I bet it's really hard to replicate that feeling like that, that on and off switch when it's, it's go time, you can walk out there and you can be confident in yourself. I'm sure if somebody's never done anything athletic and it's like, you got to get locked in a cage, I'm sure it would not yeah. be, not be a good thing. Yeah. Do you, do you find yourself getting, I know you said like you get a little bit emotional in the back, like just feeling those emotions, but do you try to, you know, visualize hating your opponent or getting emotional about them trying to think, think about them at all? Or are you kind of just focused on yourself the whole, the whole fight camp? I'm just focused on me. I definitely, I'm, I'm aware, I'm aware who he is and whatever, but like, it's, it's more about me. I'm still an amateur, so I'm really just focused on getting better. Uh, I'm not, I'm trying not to, I'm not, I'm still trying to craft my game and, and get comfortable with myself in there. So I'm not too worried about them. I, I have a lot, I have some confidence in myself where I know that I like these, like I, I have a, I have a sense of confidence in myself that none of these amateurs right now can really hang with me. My wrestling's at a high level. My jujitsu's at a high level. My striking is only getting better every single day, exponentially, uh, working with Carlos Brooks, my instructor, my sensei. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not focused too much on the guy, and I don't want the I don't want my opponent to ever affect my emotions in any single way. You know, like like they say, you know, that corny like, uh, you're you're your biggest enemy, whatever. You know, that saying, and it's true though. It's true, and it really is. You got to battle those, you got to battle those negative thoughts, those negative emotions, and just try to reel back into reality and just focus and try to get into that into that flow state where time doesn't exist and you're just going. How do you get in that flow state besides when you're in a fight? Like, can you do that in the gym? Do you do that in your personal life? Is there a way that you found that works for you? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I could do it in the gym. Uh, in real life, that's, that's a tough question. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever tried to really get in that flow state in like, just like my everyday life. But that's definitely something that I'll, I'll probably look into later on. <laughs> Yeah, in the gym, I think, and it's some. This is new to me. Like, I'm, I'm just starting to like understand the flow state, and I'm just starting to like know when I'm in it and know when I'm not. It's, I what I try to do is I just try to focus on every single part of my body. I try to link it all together, making sure that that I'm just making sure that I'm taking all the energy from the ground and just making sure that everything's connected and that I'm just present. I think everything about it is being about present and just knowing where you are and just. I don't know. It's like a flowy feeling. You really like you lose a sense of time. I know that that's a cue for me. It was like, I don't know how much time has passed, but I'm still going, you know, like that's, that's a cue for me to know when I'm in the, in the flow state. But yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. I, I mean, if you figure out a way to do that all the time, like you kind of got the golden ticket, if you can figure out how to get into flow just whenever you want to. Yeah. So what's it like when you're, you know, training with these high level guys, um, like how important is that environment to be around people who are, you know, you said like people who are going to be fighting maybe the same card as you, or even if people are at a higher level, like what's it like to be in that environment? Well, who said it? Who said in that book, you become the five people you surround yourself with. I forget who said it, but, and you, and you see these quotes all the time. You, you are who you surround yourself with, surround yourself with wolves, you know, don't surround yourself with sheep like this, like, this stuff is so important. You literally like is what it's oh man, like if you're hanging around with a bunch of a-holes who are eating chicken patties and eating like drinking 20 beers on the weekend every weekend, 
what do you think you're going to become? You're going to become that cheeseburger, beer drinking asshole every weekend. You know, you got to surround yourself around people who are going to set a high standard for you. And I think that's a really important aspect of team because when you're just training on your own, it, it's 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 easy to get distracted by outside influences. It's easy to 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 go to your not normal you know normal crowd of people, but you know like people who aren't training to fight in a in a cage. You know you have you have to do what killers do to get on that level. You know. So that being said, you need to surround yourself around those high level people who hold themselves to a higher standard. So then that bleeds onto you and that and then that bleeds onto the, the next person by you, right? The next your your teammate right beside you, right? Because it all builds off of each other. You, there's cultures that you, you that's that's another thing with the team. You gotta have that team culture, team environment, team like if you have these guys uh, beside you setting standards, you're it's it's you're only gonna elevate. And if everyone's if everyone's doing what they need to do you're all going to elevate at the same time. But if you have one or two or three people not doing what they're supposed to be doing, you're going to bring everybody down. So if everybody holds everybody accountable and holds themselves to the same standard, everyone's going to elevate. Everyone's, everyone's going to get better. And that's what everybody wants to do. Everybody wants to get better. Everybody wants to win. So you got to do what you got to do. Hold each other accountable. Hold yourself to a high standard. But again, this game is also individual. So a lot of it is on you. But that being said, having a team beside you and 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 showing you that this is the life that you need to live. This is how you need to do this. And guys who have been at that level, the UFC level, who've seen it, telling me, telling me, like, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to live. And it's great. It's great. It, it, I have a path set, you know? I, I, I see what, what there's there's things that I need to do. There's things that I don't want to stay, stay away from. And it's just great to have these people who have this knowledge around me. Do you think that that, uh, that switch turned with you when you quit your job? Was that the kind of catalyst where you can get to that higher level? I always knew, I always knew that I wasn't supposed to be stick stuck behind a computer for 10 hours a day. You know, I always knew that I like, and it was almost like, man, like I'm wasting my talent. Like I'm wasting, I'm wasting, I'm wasting all these lessons that I've learned. I'm wasting all this hard work that I put in these net, like, I'm only I'm only 24. I'm only 20. I just turned 24 in September. Like the the 30s are the new 20s, right? So these last these next couple of years, dude, I'm gonna do what I can to, you know, get myself out there and do not be trapped in this, like societal like crazy. You know, like I can get into that all day, but I, you know that's a conversation for another time. You know, these societal standards held by people saying that we need to do this and get this job and you know it's just nonsense i i, I want to i have a short i have a short period of time where i could i could i could do what i love and provide for myself and my family and set and set a future up i'm going to do that opposed to taking the easy way and doing what everybody does you know but i don't want to be like everybody else i want to i want to get to a different level and i i I want to set my family up. I, I everything. I want it all. <laughs> yeah, the time's yeah. gonna pass anyway, man. You might as yeah. well like the. This is the time to go for it. Yeah, and shit, dude. I got and like I don't want to like sound like a, a boastful asshole. I have a fucking degree from a top institution in the country, University of Maryland. I can go. I can go get a business job when I want. So why not take advantage of that time? that I have now and my abilities and my talents to try to take it to another level and provide for myself in a different way. 
you know? Uh, that's just me. Yeah, I think um I think we all envy that. Like we we kind of envy the people who are able to quit their job and go for it, who are able to say, you know, I'm going to sacrifice for a couple of years to see where I can take this thing. But a lot mm-hmm. of people don't actually want to do that themselves, you know. Yeah, it's a risk. Everything's risky, but you know, and, I, and for me to sit here and say that I'm in the same position as everyone else, uh, you know, quitting their jobs and doing that, no. There's people who are less fortunate than me who can't quit their jobs and do it, and they do do both. But I'm, you know, I'm blessed enough where I could quit my job, and my parents are, you know, more than willing enough to support me. I mean, I, I still do, I still work. I work in a, I work in a high school as a paraprofessional working with autistic and behavioral type kids, but um. You know, it, it, it that job gives me the schedule where I can train all day right after. Like I'm literally, I've been messing around. I've been messing around with uh, my family and my girlfriend calling myself DD, the DD, uh, but not designated driver. Dust to dawn because I'm I'm fucking out the door when it's night out and I'm back in at freaking eleven ten at night from training all day. You know, but I know that this work will pay off. Um, it's gonna take time and it's gonna take patience. But I know that it's going to pay off. Yeah, and I mentioned when we talked on the phone last week, just, um, you know, it's cool to talk to people in the journey. Like, instead mm-hmm. of hearing somebody who, who went through everything and they can talk about it on the other side and you hear all these stories like Will Smith and, you know, just all, all these people who went through a lot, but you don't hear it when they're going through it. You hear it after they're staying at the Ritz-Carlton, after they're signing checks for $10 million. So I think it's it's awesome that I kind of kind of found you at the, the time where you're just entering the fight world. And it's like, where are you going to be in three, five, ten years from now? It'll be cool. Yeah, definitely. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> so so what do you do outside of outside of fighting to keep yourself healthy? Like how do you, you know, recovery, um, reading, like stuff like that? Yeah, so... Reading has been something that I've been struggling with for so long. I've been trying to get into reading way more. Uh, so I'm like, I like try to read here and there. Uh, but in terms of recovery, I, I go to PT probably like once or twice a week. Um, I roll out. I keep up. I just keep up with my body. Eat healthy. Drink a lot of water. And just stay active. I mean, I'm always training. So when I'm not training, I'm resting and and recovering. So... Is that I don't do much. <laughs> I hang out with my girlfriend, go to work and and train and hang out with my boys on the occasion, you know? Is it hard to for people to understand the lifestyle? Uh I yes and no because I've been wrestling my whole life. I've been dedicated to a sport my whole life. I've always been an athlete. I've always been in combat. I've always been training. So people who know me know that's what this is what I do. And this is what my life is. And, and they respect that. Yeah. Yeah, it's finding those people who do respect it. The people mm-hmm. who aren't going to aren't going to stick around much longer. Yeah, definitely. Small circle over a big circle. Any day. So what's the, what's the plan going forward? Like, how do, you, how do you keep progressing? Do you, I mean, you have to keep fighting, obviously. But, like, how do you get, get to that next step? Yeah, so I plan on um, taking the rest of the year off. Um, and picking up, picking up right around January, January, February. And then from, and I want to be active throughout the whole year, taking on jujitsu matches, uh, MMA fights, obviously, 
uh, kickboxing fights, some boxing bouts as well. And then hopefully by the end of the year, I'll have around close close to 10 fights and in, in probably in all in all of those together and then we'll, i'll sit down with my team mickey carlos and see if we're ready to go pro but probably by the end of the year or the beginning of the next year 10 fights in a year man that's a lot well it would be like eight okay yeah it'd be eight it's not st- all I mean, it still sounds like a lot though three or four mma and then um sprinkle in the other stuff here and there What's the adrenaline like? What's the adrenaline dump like after you get out of the octagon? So, so you had your first two fights, you won both of them. What's it like, you know, five minutes after when you're sitting in the locker room? So funny thing, I actually had my adrenaline dump in my first fight. Going into the second round, I uh, after I was so I guess nervous I guess, and I was going back in my. It's so funny because my one buddy Leo, who also fights, he's got a fight in December 12th with Combate Global. But um, he he actually was like, yo, I noticed you like almost like trip like my foot. Like, you know, like when you kind of like almost don't pick your foot up the entire way. And like, yeah, the front of your foot like trips. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. I think it's because I was kind of dragging my feet because I had this like adrenaline dump. It's like, oh, shit, my legs are feeling a little heavy. Um, But after the win, dude, like. I could barely sleep. Like, I, like, I'm just wired. I'm up. So I didn't really get the adrenaline dump because I feel like I'm just so, like, like high off, like, you know, dopamine or serotonin or whatever it is, like, from every, all the congratulations, the interview, you know, like, the, getting your hand raised, seeing my other fucking buddies win their fights, uh, and just being around the people that I love and finally accomplishing, you know, something that we were working hard, you know, something that we fucking put in a lot of time for for those, you know, five, six, seven, eight weeks. And finally, that being over with, and you know, getting your victory fucking feels good. Yeah. Do you celebrate? Do you drink and eat pizza, or what's uh, what's the plan afterwards? Uh, I'll have like a drink or two after the fight. Yeah, for sure. Um. Uh, the past two fights, the food options just weren't that great. <laughs> we were like freaking middle middle bumble freaking PA. So like. There wasn't that many options. Oh yeah, we got. <laughs> this is so bad. We got freaking Wendy's. That, that <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, I, it did. It did hit though. Smacked. <laughs> but garbage after that, dude. But yeah, hopefully next fight will be around somewhere that has better spots. But uh, yeah, I'll check in with you after my next fight. <laughs> yeah, man. I just, It's cool to to see all the preparation that goes in for for such a short amount of time and like i mean just being at jujitsu for an hour a couple times a week you see the the cool thing i love about it is there's such a respect for people who have spent the time like you see the brown belts the black belts and there's just there's such a respect for the amount of time that people have put into that and it's like I mean, you're constantly getting tapped out, getting choked out for for years to get to that level. And it's like you almost walk in and and I kind of just like I like look at that person and think they dedicated 10 years to this. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's it's awesome. It's a journey. It really is a journey. Yeah. Yeah. Where did so where where's the journey going? Like where where do you see yourself, you know, in the next couple of years? I know that's like a loaded question, but but do you have like yeah, no. do you have it written out? Um 
No, uh, I had I, I do. If I could just maybe think about it briefly, I, I would see myself owning my own owning my own gym, teaching, uh, continuing to coach wrestling and probably be uh, I'd be in the, pro, in the pro ranks somewhere, Bellator, UFC, whichever one, you know, presents itself and whatever seems right for my t- for myself at the time. But yeah. Do you think you can do all those things at a high level, like own your own gym and and fight in the UFC? Is that something, you know, you would maybe put off for if you had a three year window or something where it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna do fighting full time and then I'm gonna own a gym or can do you think you can do both at the same time? You could do both, especially if you have the right people around you, because then the training doesn't stop. Sure, you got a couple extra tasks to do here and there, but that's just life. You always got stuff to do. There's always stuff going on. So, no, I mean the training doesn't stop. It, nothing, everything stays the same. You just got a couple. You just got a couple more things to do. But you're fucking in the gym still. Yeah. You sure? Okay. You spend a couple hours putting up the mats, whatever, knocking a couple walls down. Okay. We do that. Let's put our fucking shorts on. We'll hit pads right here in the fucking middle of this. <laughs> bro- no? We're always getting better, no matter what. It can be in a parking lot. It can be in the woods. It can be in the freaking middle of a freaking supermarket for all I care you know I'm gonna get my training in no matter what and I'm still gonna handle my other business as it is where does that work ethic come from you think it's having immigrant parents who worked really hard to to get there you think that's something that you developed on your own or where do you think that comes from I think it's definitely something that's been ingrained in me just through my culture through my blood through my DNA my dad works my, my both my parents work really hard but my dad you know that that's that's someone who who I've looked up to my entire life, and I've seen how hard he's worked, and I've seen what he's done to come from where we came from. It's not easy, so I've seen how much how much time he's put into us, and and it's also been some it's it's also something else taught to me too, because I also do have that lazy side where I do like like everybody where they don't want to go get up and train, but like I I was I was exposed to a really good culture at a young age in high school going to that town Boundbrook going to my town Boundbrook being exposed to my coach Marty Gleason and Bob Dorr who instilled hard work and dedication in us like and 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 instilled that that team culture in us so yeah, I've always been around accountability and work ethic it's, it's just something that's always been around me I don't settle for anything less I, I and I expect the same from my wrestlers that I teach now I instill these same lessons into them and I think that's the greatest thing about martial arts and wrestling like you 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 learn these great lessons and, and you want to pass it on to the to the futures you want to pass it on to the future wrestlers you want to pass it on to the future fighters so they know so they know better so they don't make the mistakes that you make you know and I love that I love seeing my my guys take in information and implement it into their lives and i see them grow as humans like that's there's no there's no rewarding feeling than seeing someone else succeed and especially someone that you've helped put time in with you know and someone you care about yeah for sure i mean a lot of people who listen to this podcast aren't going to get in a cage and fight another human but like, yeah. how do you how do you think you instill that work ethic? Is it is it signing up for a jujitsu membership? Is it, you know, like how do you do that outside of the cage, knowing that you you're never gonna get in a fight? But like, how do you develop that work ethic? You think? Consistency, man. You just gotta go. Uh, consistency and resilience. 
Consistent resilient is my favorite word. I think that's my favorite word. I think it's something that resonates with my me and my life and my whole story very well. Being able to pick pick yourself back up and get the fuck back on the on the saddle and go. Let's go. Like no matter what, it's so like anything can be thrown at you. There's so many different things that can be thrown at you, but you you resilience breeds growth, in my opinion. I think you you make your most growth as a human being when you're going through your toughest times and you make it out of that rut. When you climb dig and fucking nail your way through a freaking hole, right? Like a deep hole, you come out strong, you come out a better person, you're smarter, like consistency and resilience is just always showing up no matter what, no matter how bad you get beaten, no matter how down you might be, is getting back in the gym and and even if that's not in the gym, even if it's outside of the gym, even if it's at work or at school, just go to the gym and freaking let your let your shit out, you know, release all that, release all that through through your actions, through your movements, express yourself through your movements. I don't even know what the question was. <laughs> no, no, man, I love that. And, you know, consistency is something that I preach on this podcast for a long time that it doesn't have to be a lot. You don't have to train you know, you don't have to quit your job and go full time training. You don't have to, you don't have to cut out a s- single food. And you know, I'm gonna stop eating carbs, or you know, I'm gonna run every single day. It's like a lot of times, it's you know, a couple couple minutes a day. If you can, if you can manage to do something that's gonna take you a little bit closer to where you want to be, if you can do that over time, that's the consistency piece. I mean, I I don't want to be around people who really are looking for the the six minute abs. Or, you know the the 30 pounds in 30 days like that's just not not my crowd the people who I'm going to be around are looking at two three four years down the road like where are we going to be if we just keep keep on the this level path you know going up a little bit and I think it sounds like you have that with with martial arts and the people that you're around mm-hmm. yeah man I'm, I'm yeah I feel I feel have I been talking in like a more like fighter like mindset should I I feel like I'm like definitely not relating to like everybody else who's who's watching this but uh I think yeah consistency and resilience definitely bleeds into everyday life you know that, that those are two general terms no matter what or whether you know whether it be at work uh, yeah again salesman you know like you can't didn't get didn't get the sale this day you know that's only gonna it's only gonna bleed into your next sale your next phone call your next cold call but being able to, you know, strap it back up and let's go. Let's take this the, with that same enthusiasm, same drive as the as the previous phone call and try to get those sales numbers up, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, I don't fucking know. Yeah. But uh No, it doesn't concept. It doesn't sound like you're you're talking too much like a fighter at all. I think um I think that's why it's one of the sports that people gravitate towards the most. Like a, fighting another person is the most primal instinct. Like everyone wants to watch that when there's a fight in high school and everyone gets in the circle and, you know, chanting fight. Like that's what, that's human beings right there. Yeah, dude. I, I say that all the time. Primitive, it's primitive instincts, man. It's, it's, it's who we are. It's what we're, it's something that's in, it's, it's something that's been ingrained in our DNA from like ancient times for sure do you think martial arts is something that you're going to do for the rest of your life like what do you think after after you fight however many fights you have you know say you're 35 40 years old what do you think your your life's going to be looking like physically dude my old ass is going to be 
walking into the gym on a limp if I have to. Dude, I'm always going to be training no matter what. I'm going to train till the day I die. I thought I was going to be done after wrestling like for like a little bit. But uh no, man. I found myself like I found myself right back in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I'm freaking I love this. I love everything about it. It's who I it's not who I am because I you know, I've made mistakes in the past of correlating myself with what I do and identifying myself with the sport that I do and that just leads into anxiety and and it can lead into depression and stuff like that but yeah I'm gonna be doing this to the day I die I love this man it's it's it it's my it's a big part of my happiness big part of my happiness for sure even if I can't even train I feel like I want to be in there just like be in the environment the environment is is awesome in itself yeah, I mean, that's what everyone's searching for, dude. Like, mm -hmm. finding finding your thing. And you're lucky that you found it at 20, 22, 23, 24 years old. I know, man. I feel blessed, despite, you know, not not being where your typical, you know, college student is, you know, finding this, you know, stupid big job, whatever. I, I love it. I love, I love the grind. And I love, uh, I don't know, I love being, I like being uncomfortable. Cause I just know that I'm growing and I know that I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm finding my ways to be comfortable in these uncomfortable situations. I'm only growing as a person and, and what, and I feel like whatever comes at me, I'm ready at all times. Yeah. Are you doing anything outside of the gym, like ice bath or, you know, anything that puts you in that uncomfortable state that's not on the mat or not fighting somebody? Or is it like you get home and you're like, all right, I don't want to do anything that's super uncomfortable because I just rolled for a couple hours. That's 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 ice bath. Yeah, I've ice bath before. And it is what it is. It's it's not something like too like crazy for me. But uh, no, I just get home and I kind of just relax. Most <laughs> I get yeah. it, man. I get it. I'm from in the gym. Yeah. Well, dude, this has been this has been really fun. I'm I'm looking forward to talking to some more MMA fighters. I I love the mindset that you guys have, and you know the the being dedicated to learning a skill. And in your case, you're learning multiple skills at one time. But but it's pretty cool to talk to you, especially as you're an amateur. And I, I'm sure I'll be following you for the next couple of years and see where you end up. Oh, well, where can people find you if they want to follow follow your journey? Yeah, so follow me. I'm on Instagram, just uh, Josh underscore Ugaldi MMA. Um, and then if you can, just follow my my gym's page too. It's just Jab Athletics, right there. You'll probably see it on my page, Jab Athletics, um, and Josh Josh underscore Ugaldi MMA. Yeah, awesome, brother. Sir, thank you very much. Once again, hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Josh Ugaldi. Make sure to share it out on your Instagram story if you did like it and you can tag both of us. If you want to support the podcast a little bit further as well, you can hit up our sponsors, richmondweightlifting.com. If you are a weightlifter or a crossfitter, if you're doing basically any lifting at all and you need some extra wrist support, richmondweightlifting.com. Use the code BTY10. They are the best wrist wraps in the game. And if you want a better than yesterday refocus band, just make sure to send me a DM and I will get you hooked up. So thank you guys for tuning in. Look forward to talking to you next week.